Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to uh, invite Mr. Mr. Rick Atkinson um, up at this time, but as he's coming, let me uh, let me say that um, it is it is an honor uh, for us as a church uh, to be able to support Connie Maxwell Children's Home, um, and uh, it, it's a blessing for us, Mr. Tony, to be able to do that, and um, uh, just pray that God will continue to use the monies uh, that um, need that are much needed. To go along with, with, with running a home, uh, of that magnitude. And we are happy that Mr. Tony is here this morning. He's gonna, he's gonna come and introduce some folks to you and then we'll be blessed with some singing in just a moment. Mr. Tony, you come. Yep. I'll let you use this one. Yes, sir. You got one? Okay, perfect. Matthew, which one, brother? David, go. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Mike for allowing some of our young folks to be a part of the worship service today. We have the blessing almost every Sunday to go somewhere and be a part of a different church uh, worship service, and we're looking forward to this today for a long time. Also, I want to thank the congregation for selecting Connie Maxwell Children's Home as their mission for the month of April. We appreciate that very much. And I just want to tell you a little bit about who's here today. Uh, Connie Maxwell Children's Home has been taking care of hurting children for more than 126 years. We got our first student in 1892, May 22nd, 1892. She was a 13-year-old young lady from Newberry County. And contrary to what a lot of people believe, I was not there to welcome her that day. But today we have our, our young people from our Brooklyn campus. Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn is uh, one of the five facilities we have throughout the state. It's actually our second largest, our largest being in Greenwood. And we're located on Highway 301. Uh, if you go and past I-26 and there's a love truck stop there, many of you might know. We, we're right beyond there, right across from Superside. We have about 160 acres there. We have two cottages, and a boy's cottage and a girl's cottage, and we can have eight children in each cottage. We presently have 12 uh, children, uh, young people, uh, seven girls and five boys. And we brought the uh, girls today. We have Miss Selena, who is the girl's house parent. And uh, we brought the girls today, and we brought Brian, who has three sisters here. And uh, we're going to let Brian say a few words and uh, I, I, I let him know that he's got to be brief because Brian can really preach. But uh, but Brian's somewhat of a celebrity in Orangeburg. Each year they have a festival in Orangeburg called the Ro- a Festival of Roses, and they have races there. And our, all of our young people, even our second graders, are, are running. How many of you know children that come home and run from one to three miles every day after school? Most of our children doing that. Our children come home and run every day that the weather's good. Last year, Brian won his division, and he was on the front page of the Orangeburg paper on the Sunday edition. So he's kind of a celebrity. But I'm going to ask Brian just to tell you a little bit about what Connie Maxwell means to him him and his sisters. And uh, come on in, Brian. Now, Mr. Mike wants to preach now, so just tell him a little bit about Connie Maxwell. Connie Maxwell was first introduced to me two years ago, June 12th, I believe. 
And then, so we were there. At first, I'd been scared. Cause I didn't know anyone. And then, God just helped me out. I got new friends. A lot of people loved and cared about me. And I just thank them for that. Coin Maxwell means that they help children in need who are lost, abandoned, feel hurt inside. They show them the way. They help them. We go to Christian schools. They've showed us salvation. They've been very kind to us throughout the years. Good job. Good job. Sunshine, that's a hard act to follow. But but Sunshine can do it. Sunshine is a young lady who's a junior at uh, Clarendon Hall. Uh, she's a cheerleader, plays volleyball and softball and sings in the chorus, and also they have a praise band she's a part of. But Sunshine's going to come and give her testimony, and then she's going to sing a song for her. So uh, come on, Sunshine. Mr. Tony, before you sit down, please stand up. Um, please keep standing. So, um, as all of you have told you, we go around South Carolina, and either we're with Mr. Danny or we're with Mr. Tony, and we have the privilege for him to be able to come and work at our campus, and we see him daily. His daughter works at Clarendon Hall, and he comes around, and he's like a father figure to us, and he's a great uh, mentor. And I just thank him for me being able to go around South Carolina and speak to you guys and tell you my testimony. Thank you, Mr. Tony. Um, so I'm Sunshine. I am currently a resident at Orangeburg campus, but was a previous resident in Greenwood two years ago. Um, I've been in Kaimaxwell for almost four years, going on five. And um, like you said, I'm a junior. I um I go to Connie Maxwell and Connie Maxwell is it's what would I say? It means a lot. It if I wasn't in Connie Maxwell, I was going on a wrong path. I um lost my mom to uh, um a domestic violence situation and um for me, I would probably say that women, some women are um, in difficult situations and don't know how to get out of them, and I never want to be somebody in that position. And I just take that as a ministry and take that in. And, yeah, although I lost my mom, but I still want to make it a positive impact on me and not a negative impact on me. Um, I lost my dad to um, negative things in the world. He's not in my life, but he's still current living. And I just have to learn to pray for him. And I have a sibling, a sister. 
and she means a lot to me. And my aunt and uncle took me in when I was at the age of five because I was not in a very good living area. And as time went by, I didn't know what to, how to deal with my mom passing away. And so I kept going downhill, downhill. And then eventually my aunt and uncle, I was going to counseling, and they said, how about Connie Maxwell? And right off the bat, I said, yeah, yes. And so I went there. I was worried. I was scared. I didn't know where my life would take me, um, how I would end up as. But um, Connie Maxwell, the main people that I would say that have the greatest support for me Everybody has support for me, but my cottage parents, and mom is one of them. I call her mama. Her name is Miss Selena. But everywhere I go, I call her mama because she will never take my mama's place, but she will always be there and to fill in for her. And she shows me different um, different morals and how to be a woman or a respectful woman and how to take care of me in a respectful way, and she always tells about us about Jesus. She never forces it on us, but she knows that she has a, um, she has a ministry, and she needs, she needs to tell us about Jesus, because one day she's going to stand before Jesus, and she doesn't want to have to be like, oh, Jesus be like, you didn't do this. She always makes sure that she does what she's supposed to do in Jesus' eyes. And I thank her for that, too. Um, the song that I'm going to sing today, um, it's a song that actually I connect with because I really feel like Jesus has saved me from all my sins and takes my burdens away. And he always sees the true me and helps me get through my daily walk with him. And I'm just going to sing. I see shattered, you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to Nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. Wash me in mercy, I am clean. What was dead now lives again. My heart's beating, be 
beating inside my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Cause you're restoring me Peace by peace Oh, there's nothing too dirty That you can't make worthy You washed me in mercy I am Washed in the blood of your sacrifice Your blood flowed red and made me white My dirty rags are purified I am clean Washed in the blood of your sacrifice Your blood flowed red and made me white My dirty rags are purified. I am clean, I'm clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Boy, what a blessing. Sunshine, thank you so much. Beautiful. Ryan, thank you. Thank you all of you for being here today. I hope that you will be blessed by having been here. I just hate that more of our folks weren't here to hear that. Thank you so much. Well, um, you saw as the young folks brought in the, the palm branches this morning, and it reminds us of what's going on Uh Today, um, in the life of the church across across the world, everywhere, and I want to I want to give you a, just a short message this morning. Uh, as Rick already said, the, it's, it's entitled "The Road to Jerusalem." The Road to Jerusalem. Rick sort of set the stage this morning for me, and I'm glad he did, because uh, I told him last week I was going to try to tie the final four into this. And I know uh, you may be saying, well, I'm not a real sports fan, but I, I think I think all of us can can relate. So let, let's begin this way. It was almost a month ago that the men's NCAA uh, Division I basketball road to the final four began. And it was just six days ago that the road ended with the Virginia Cavaliers defeating the Texas Tech Red Raiders in overtime to be crowned the 2019 national champions. And if you watched it, you saw as they were given the national championship trophy. And this would be the first national championship in the history of Virginia University. Let's rewind, if we can, some 2,000-plus years ago, and let's go down yet another road, a road not nearly as glamorous as the road to the Final Four. 
the road to Jerusalem. Today is known as Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday leads us into what is known as Holy Week. This week in the life of Jesus would be his last week that he would live on earth. The week, get this, the week that changed the world. 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus began this trek that would lead him into Jerusalem and then five days later would lead him up Calvary's mountain to, to, to do what? To be crucified. Church, not to receive a national championship trophy, but to receive a crown of thorns on his head and, and pressed down into his brow. A nail in each of his hands and, and one to hold both of his feet together. And not to mention the spear that was jabbed into his side. And that road ended at the cross where Jesus died. Not just for one team, so to speak, but for all who would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Read with me that encounter of the triumphal entry. If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And let's begin with verse 1. Reading from the NIV this morning. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, listen to what Jesus said, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him uh, that uh, the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now let me tell you what that word Hosanna means. In the Hebrew it means save us, redeem us. And then verse 10 says, When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Now speak to to our hearts as we look at this message. Lord, show us what it is you would have us to learn. And Lord, may we leave here better equipped to serve you. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, let's talk together just for a few moments about Jesus' last few days before he was crucified and before he was raised from the dead. 
let's also look at Jesus' response to people, how he responded to people and, and things and to situations as he got closer to the cross. Let's see how he stood confidently and firmly in spite of accusations, in spite of insults, in spite of mockery. So the first thing we learn about Jesus and the triumphal entry was that he was courageous. You have an outline there if you want to fill that word in, courageous. He was courageous. During the three years of his public ministry here on earth, there developed lots and lots of tension between the teachers of the law and Jesus. His miraculous healings, his teachings, his unorthodox behavior, such as healing on the Sabbath. Remember, that got him in trouble. What about when he ate with sinners? All of this was leading Jesus down the path of final, of a final confrontation with the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Jesus' triumphal entry, that text we just read, would be the match, so to speak, that started the fire that would ultimately cause his death. Well, you say, surely Jesus knew he was headed in a direction that would have grave consequences. But guess what? He did it anyway. And guess what else? That took great courage. Because after all, he was human. You may be thinking, well, preacher, that's not courageous. That's crazy. Was Jesus wanting to pick a fight with someone? Is that why he did uh, what he did? He, he should have known that, that, that entering Jerusalem in daylight, riding on a donkey, would be his death sentence. But God the Father would have it no other way. Luke 19. Flip over to Luke, if you will. Luke 19, verse 37. This is Luke's account of the triumphal entry. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now listen to verse 39. Listen to what what the Pharisees wanted Jesus to do. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Stop them from saying what they've been saying. Try to put a, put an end to this radical evangelism, if you will. But listen to what Jesus said. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Church, you, I mean, believe it or not, if we don't cry out, if we don't witness for Christ, God can even use a stone to do so. Jesus' final week, see, all he wanted was this, was for everyone to know that he was Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, and this took courage. Let, let me ask a couple of questions here. Does it take courage to stand for Christ? How about it, young folks? Does it take courage in your schools, in your jobs, older folks? Does it take courage to stand firm in our beliefs and our convictions and to acknowledge them before others? Does it take courage to be transparent and to expose ourselves to the possibility of rejection? Oh, they might not like me if I stand for Christ. 
Does it take courage to proclaim the truth of the gospel in love? And you know what the answer to all those questions is? Yes. It takes courage to live for Jesus in our daily lives. We see Jesus didn't care. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care what other people thought. He wasn't ashamed of the one whom he represented. I think of Paul. When Paul writes in Romans 1.16, he writes these words. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because he goes on to say, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The second thing we learn about Jesus in this triumphal entry was that he boldly claimed to be the Messiah. You know, I was thinking about that this week. If Jesus had been content with any other title than Messiah, he may have lived to be older than 33 years of age. But what did Jesus do? He remained courageous in his courageous attempt to boldly proclaim the truth about who he was. He didn't really care what. It took to get your and my attention. The triumphal entry was Jesus' way of saying this. Just in case you haven't figured out who I am, I am the Son of God, the Messiah who takes away the sin of the world. You know, when you read stories about Jesus in the Bible... Uh, to my knowledge, he didn't have a four-wheel drive pickup truck. You think, Brian? No. No. He didn't even have a moped or a skateboard or even skates. But he had his feet. And that's how he traveled. Walking wherever he went. I say that to say this. So it was strange to see Jesus riding on a donkey. And not just any donkey, a baby donkey, which had never been ridden before. And that got the attention of people. Oh, wait a minute. He's not supposed to be riding on that donkey. Robert Stein, a theologian and professor of philosophy at Calvin College, said this about the donkey that Jesus rode. It was an unridden donkey that was brought to Jesus because of its never having been ridden. It was fit for the sacred task it was about to perform. You see, that donkey, even before the world began, was set apart for Jesus to ride on, the Savior of the world. Jesus boldly proclaimed who he was. He was the Messiah. He was true to who he was. And then lastly this morning, the third, third thing we learn about Jesus and the triumphal entry is that Jesus did not claim earthly kingship, but a kingship of the heart, your heart, my heart. You see, Jesus' appeal to the crowd all the fanfare, all the hoopla, if you will, all the, the yelling and the screaming, and wasn't done in a selfish way, but rather in a self 
self-sacrificing way. He was a true servant. He did not care about royal robes. He did not care about royal crowns with rubies and sapphires and all. And, and you know what? He probably could have cared less about the national championship trophy. He didn't rule with a sword. How did he rule? He ruled and still rules today with love and sacrifice. You see, because back then, uh, a victorious warrior would come riding in on a horse. This wasn't even a horse that Jesus came riding in. You see, you remember, they, they, the, the people back then were looking for an earthly king to take them from under Roman rule. They wanted someone to free them from that. Well, that's not what Jesus did. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. On one that had never been ridden before. A symbol of peace and tranquility. See the difference? The, the, the horse, symbol of power and might. Jesus, just the opposite. A symbol of peace and tranquility. He came, church, to give his peace by taking up residency in your life and in my life. In our hearts, in our lives, in our homes. He was true to who he said he was. Now let's conclude in the way that we began. Get this. The road to the final four began some four weeks ago. And ended this past Monday night. And it ended crowning one championship team. One championship team. But the road to Jerusalem, get this, began 2,000 plus years ago. And ended at the cross. But let me ask you a question. Did it? We could say, or Mike could say, yes, but only temporarily. Long enough for Jesus to die on the cross. And then the road began once again. Three days later, after the resurrection. And that you see, that road is open to any and everyone who believes. And it's a never-ending road. So here's the question as we conclude this message on the triumphal entry. And this is what you must answer today. You must answer it. This question cannot go unanswered. Which road are you on? The road to the final four? Which leaves you with just... A national championship trophy that is temporal, that is here today and gone tomorrow, that will not last forever and ever, or the road that takes us to the cross and from the cross to the resurrection and from the resurrection into a heavenly home forever and ever and ever with Jesus. And see, those are the two roads. And see, here's the deal. We're on one or the other. We're on one or the other. You say, well, preacher, how do, how do I get, how do I get on the right road? I want to ask you to bow right now. Just bow your heads. And I'm just going to tell you in a nutshell, this is how it's done. Well, the first thing we must do is to, is to claim Romans 3.23 that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Something else we must do is we must go over to Romans 
6.23 and see where it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And then we got to go to Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then we can go to Romans 10, 9. It says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God's son, Jesus, died on the cross, was buried, and three days later rose from the grave, if we believe that fact that the Bible so plainly teaches Then the scripture says, you will be saved. Lord, each of us is on one road or the other. I pray, oh God, that we're on the right road, that we're on the narrow road that leads to life everlasting. If there be one here today that's on the wide road that leads to destruction, I pray that he or she might come to know Christ today and they will get on the narrow road that leads to life. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for the message. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the triumphal entry. Thank you, Lord God, that the last week of Jesus' life was the week that changed the entire world. And without it, God, we're lost. So now as we enter this time of dedication, this time of commitment or recommitment, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead God and direct. I pray in your name. Amen. Hymn number, it's in your bulletin. Um, get your bulletin there and and our closing hymn of dedication is printed there in your bulletin. So let's stand as we sing.